the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Rachel, we're here. Staff and Graph Podcast. You're decked out, you know, in your in your Grinch gear as always. And I... I am literally the Grinch today. You are. <laughs> Great. Um, so, Rachel, we live in a world now where John Tavares has a thousand points. Snake John Tavares. Yeah. Um, Noted. And listen, I know that this is this this point has been ballyhooed, if you will, since it happened. What is ballyhooed? It's like you know, like like shouted from the rooftops, driven into the ground, ah, and all that. Okay. But the fact that John shouted Tavares, from the top of Mount Crumpet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be so many Grinch references you know that, on the show today. You ever seen that that tweet where it's like guy who's only watched the Boss Baby? And then it's the, the guy. This movie has a lot of boss baby vibes going on here. That's you with the Grinch. It's like you with everything in life. It's like a lot of Grinch vibes going on here. <laughs> like, I, okay, so I've been like every every December, I have that picture of me that's been photoshopped mm-hmm. to make me do the Grinch. And I usually make it my Twitter photo. Decided not to this year because I was like, you know, maybe I won't be as Grinchy this year. Turns out I might be more Grinchy. Yeah. There are Grinch things. Ever. Like, this is the Grinch cave. This is... Yeah. There's some people whose, like, Christmas trees I want to steal this year. That's for sure. But we'll save that to the naughty list. Correct. Uh, episode, which will be coming out next week. It's our favorite holiday tradition. Uh, that I don't even think... I don't even think we skipped a year when you were in Vancouver for that. I think we still... No, think, you did it with Jesse. Did I do it with Je- only with Jesse? Oh, I thought I did. I thought I've done all of them with you. Well, either way, that's fun. Um, but yeah, John Tavares. Uh, I know this point has been ballyhooed forever, Rachel. But I, you know, oh the no, fact you did it with me because I, I was back. Yes, exactly. But John, all Ta- of them, naughty list. <laughs> exactly. But John Tavares going to Long Island as a Leaf, um, and scoring his thousandth point is incredible. The fact that he did that to tie the game, like, and then the Leafs immediately lose in overtime, is probably the most Leaf. It thing is deeply that Leafs. has ever happened. Like, if you could distill the Toronto Maple Leafs, at least this era of the Toronto Maple Leafs into a sequence of events. It's, it's like the- incredible milestone, like should be, should be great, uh, uh, sort of thing to, to galvanize the entire franchise. Like should be a, a and overtime loss and then immediately lose like, like, or somehow Austin like, Matthews. Matthews, four goals, four goals, like Tavares, um, both overtime losses. Yeah. Uh, there was something else too. It was like somebody's return or whatever that they, well, it was up. even like, and I'll never forget this. Like and I'm writing something about this, so so I, I have to go deep into it. But it, like Tavares's return to Long Island, the first one, mm-hmm. where Babcock starts Garrett Sparks on the road, and they get pumped like four nothing, and Sparks lets in four goals on like twenty shots. It was not ideal. Not ideal. But anyway, he 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 gets his thousandth point. You know he's still he's still killing it. You know he's still doing great. And yet fans were not uh, not super thrilled about it. I had somebody in my menchies compare him to Shohei Otani. And I'm like, are you new here? One, one of those players, Arthur Staple also did it, which like Arthur, get, get a grip. Um, 
one is a generational, potentially greatest baseball player of all time. The other one is a more than likely hockey hall of famer who is also from the city that he left to sign to. Yeah, he went home. Like we've talked about, we've covered this. Mm -hmm. If I had the option of working for the Mount Crumpet Maple Leafs, I would be working for the Mount Crumpet Maple Mm -hmm. Leafs. Right. Whereas like, like, I, I don't know. I just, it's more comfortable to be at home in my cave, which is where I am. Right. It's it's one of those things where it's like there's there's just something more inherently more meaningful than playing like, yeah, he was the captain. Sure. That's fantastic. Great. He's entitled to leave. That's like, you know what? I get that they want to boo him. Like, I actually don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But like comparing him to Sidney yeah. Crosby and Shohei Otani, would you please okay. get a grip? So I'm going to be I'm. <laughs> I'm going to go kind of against type here because I've done a lot of thinking about this. You know, I've, I've he's like, been plotting like that. I remember that first season with the, we don't need you girl with the two different lips of lipstick. Like, oh my God. And that, that video that like is literally on, should be on like a serial killers manifest of or manifesto. Just like that, that video. Like if I saw John, if, if I was John Tavares and I watched that video of those, like dead eyed long Island fans being like, or New York a restraining order being like, we don't need you, John. Like I would be like, I need, I need the police to surround me at all times. Like these people are going to wear my skin as a, as a onesie like you are like, it's going to be crazy. But, um, I think that a lot of people are saying, you know, it's been five years, like get over it. You know what? I don't think, I don't think they should. I mean, we fans still aren't over the Alfredson thing. And that's been like 20. Like, we have to we have to keep in mind like what the Islanders were like when John Tavares came like the Islanders were like not only were they just a horrible team like they they were a franchise in complete desolation basically yeah they were they they were owned by like a huckster like a scammer yeah and and their arena was falling apart literally the ceiling like the ceiling was falling in like there was there, there was no sustained success they went from like Mike Milbury to like Garth Snow as Both GM. bad. Can you imagine, Rachel, that that situation happened is basically like if Martin Jones just threw off the pads one day and became GM of the Leafs. That's literally like people don't talk about enough about the whole Garth Snow thing. He was the backup goalie one day and he was the GM the next. Basically, it was crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm I, shocked that that didn't go well for them. Shocked. I think also they hired a man to be their GM who was who is most famously known for beating somebody with his own shoe and also like being the the worst general manager in NHL history like bar none if you look at like he yeah can, he can go like legitimately no totally, he is the worst you know if the Martians have the death ray pointed at at earth and I want and they're like bring me the worst GM in NHL history I'm going Mike Milbury yeah that and then Andre Iguodala but no like so it was, they were absolutely horrible. John Tavares is dubbed like the next one, you know, like he was on that. He's had an incredible hall of fame, thousand points. He's one of a hundred, he's the 98th player in NHL history to get a thousand points. That's incredible. It's he pretty was good. Dubbed like the next one, he comes in, he's like, he succeeds. He does all, he becomes captain. He scores like the OT winner to give him their first uh, series victory. 
you know, in however many years, it's basically like snapping. And he did the same thing with the Leafs, right? Like snap. And then he, during that season, he also says like, he wants to stay all that kind of stuff. You know, it makes it seem like he's going to stay. He doesn't want to get traded. Um, so they, they acquiesce to that. And then he leaves and I don't think, and like, it's totally within his right. Worked out great for the Leafs that he did. Worked out great for the Islanders that he did. I know. Like they're complaining as if like, as if like they went down a spot, they've made, they made two straight conference finals. Yeah. Like how are you upset? Arguably him leaving allowed you to do other things. Yeah. Like I don't even, and that's a thing. You would like, paid him like $12 million a year. Yeah. Like think about the, what they would them or the sharks who would have had to pay like 13 million yeah yeah 13 million to to have this guy would have cap strapped you you should be happy he left he was not signing with you guys for 11 million dollars like i don't i don't know what like fantasy land you're living in but you are there like all on your own you are in whoville and like yes I don't even know what you think's happening there, but that's not what was going to happen. Rachel, I swear to God, if you make another. Oh, it's happening. At least. I swear to God. (laughs) What are you going to do? You are that tweet. I'm not going to do anything, but but you are that tweet. So here's a lot of boss baby vibes here. So do Islanders fans hate John Tavares, double hate him or loathe him entirely? I think they loathe him entirely, but like, and I think that it's a little unhinged. But I'm it's saying it's a tad unhinged. If, if but I but I'm also saying, like I think that we can agree that this is unhinged. There was like a picture of Tavares walking, <laughs> so stupid, walking like to the ice and and you know at a UBS arena, like mm-hmm. you can walk through when when the players, the opposing team players, walk through the ice. There are like there are fans on either side that can see him. And one guy took a picture of Tavares walking and he's just flipping him off like this. Like I'm not sure if you've seen that crazy stuff. However. I will say it's fandom. If 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 this exact situation happened to the Leafs, if it, it happens be, with Austin Matthews, if it happens with Austin Matthews, he's done. I mean, fans are ready to just like like send Mitch Marner out onto the ice and just let him float somewhere else. <laughs> like you know, if this happened, like if this happened to to the Leafs, I think Austin Matthews is even like a higher level of that just because like he is in that conversation. Well, he won like, a heart trophy. He won a heart trophy. He won m- like multiple rockets. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. But um, arguably the best player in franchise history in terms of talent for Matthews. He yeah. is the best player in franchise history. Like, I think we can just put that to bed. Like if he he's the most talented player in franchise yes, history. But until like, you've won anything, you're not the best. OK, well, Sundin didn't win anything. Salming He's also win. not the best player in franchise history. Salming that's Dave Keon. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, any, <laughs> who like, absolutely did win yes, things. Yes, who did win things. But as so, um, if this happened in Toronto, like like fan, Leafs fans would be just as, if not more, unhinged than Islanders fans are. Oh, absolutely, like, without a doubt. Like they were, dude. Fans were like really pissed at like Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, when he came back. The guy played like twenty total games. I don't mind the booing. Games. I don't mind the booing. It was just like. I think people are like, hey, but it's also been five years, like relax, but no. Okay, so here's the difference. It's like Leafs fans boo Alfredson because he mocked Sundin. But when he was introduced and going into the Hall of Fame, they cheered him. They cheered him. I think in this situation, like when John Tavares gets a thousand points and the organization believes it's important enough to recognize him, you take your 15 seconds and you applaud because the majority of those points came with the Islanders they did. and then you could go right back and then, to booing. Yeah, then the next time he touches the puck, you boo. You go back to boo. Like, I think there's that part I didn't like because I think that's what you see. Like for, I think like with, with Matt Sundin, for example, 
When he came back, they booed him when he touched the puck. Yeah, of course. But then it was also the loudest standing and longest standing ovation in franchise history when they thanked him. Yes. So it's like one of those things where it's like, we're going to recognize your accomplishments. But like in the middle of the game, like you are the enemy. You're the enemy. Yeah, exactly. But when we're recognizing you between overtime and the end of regulation, you can clap for 15 seconds. Exactly. You do not have to be a typical piece of crap. And that's where I think that was kind of the difference. Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, I I don't have any issue saying it. That like, that's the difference between class and no class. Like, damn, that's, but this is New York. We're a different breed out here in the Bronx. Yeah, they're also a bunch of fake Italians. Like, hey. I've seen, like, Tommy DeVito's hey, family. I was going to say, Tommy DeVito's not fake Italian. That's as real as it comes. No, because if he, he was in Sicily, they'd be like, who the hell are you? Ah, like, just let him have let him have their fun. Oh, I love Tommy He's DeVito. He's, like, he's literally like a Sopranos character come to life. There's, I love it. There's a difference between an Italian and a New York Italian. There's, trust me, I've... I've been to Italy. Yes. And I have. You've lived in New York. Or I've New Jersey. lived in New York. There is a difference between like the, the New Jersey, New York Italians act more Italian than the actual Italians. Mm-hmm. It's kind of You know wild. what the difference is? I can distill it into one word. The difference, the difference between an, like an, an, an Italy Italian and New York Italian distilled into one word. It is. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's the one word because you will never see. A Sicilian or a, uh, a no, you know, uh, a Roman anyone? It, no, you know, going that. But I was in yeah. Italy for a month last year. I did not mm-hmm. see that. A lot of this, a lot of this, but none of this. They're not as loud and boisterous as they are in in New York. What's funny is there is there is a Sopranos episode that's exactly this concept where they go to Italy to like meet with the head of the family and like the, Polly. The, the most yeah. aggressive guy of the crew, he, like, cannot fit in because he's just the most, like, greaser, like, you know, like, he's going, yeah. like, oh, or, like, can I get some macaroni and gravy? And they're like, what the hell is that? And he's like, spaghetti and tomato sauce. And they're like, we eat fish here. Like, what, know, yeah, what are you, yeah, exactly, what are you, you know, talking? Stuff like that. And it's, it's funny because, like, I actually, like, I have quite a few friends that are Sicilian mm-hmm. and they almost, like, mock the New York Italians because they're like, they, like, what are we doing? And you know what? It's their thing. Like, you want to be a New York Italian? Like, that's I fine. It. I kind of, I think it's highly entertaining. I would but love. But do not for a second pretend that you are actual Italian compared to the people in Rome and Listen, I am and not, Sicily. I am not Italian. I cannot make a judgment on, on that. All I'm saying is, you know, I, I love, I love both people. Oh, they're, I love both sets for yes. different reasons. Um, like I think they're wildly, they're both wildly entertaining. Incredible, love them. Um, but yeah, like I just the loud boisterousness. Like all Italians are loud, but it just feels like it's like really over the top mm. in and New I, York. And, and I love it. And Keep it is it kind of funny. Um, all right, the Blues fired Craig Berube at like midnight. That on, was a late. That was like a l- Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday that was like a late night news drop. Like I was already asleep. I woke up to that news. Like it was. And the thing is, is that they're. I can see it, but I'm, I was also surprised. Like, I was surprised that it happened, but it's definitely not illogical that it happened. Um, Barube was there for five years. He won a cup, but... he was, He's the reason why owners are meddling in their teams more than ever. 
because they were in last place. They were in last place yeah. and then they won the cup. And now owners like like that could be us. Uh, exactly. I'm not going to name them, but uh, we all know who I'm talking about um, are like anything's possible. And it's like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So they fire him. And the the um, the the explanation from Doug Armstrong is that there wasn't a feeling that something was going to change if we just came in today and went back to work. Now, I don't know if tomorrow is going to be different. I just know one of the things that has been removed from the equation was the head coach. And when you make that change, we're now getting to the center of the hourglass. That's myself and that's the players. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing, Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, you and the contracts you've handed hey, out hey, might on. be the problem. Hold on. Just, just, we're going to get there. Oh, okay. We're going to get there. The thing about this is I did not read a single word of prep this morning. Mm. I I was going, going to town on prep. I was too busy putting myself into character. Yeah. You were, you you need, yes. Not that I need to put myself into character. I am the living. You're method acting. It's it's crazy. But, um, so I want to run down what the blues are this season. Okay. Because I think that this firing, um, it begs a question that I think is, is important. Um, and the question is who do the blues think they are? Because they are who we thought they were. Well, we let them they off the are hook. who we thought they, they are. I don't think that they are who they thought they were. No, we thought they were terrible because the blue, this is the kind of move you make when you come in, come into the season with like with, with, I would say even contention aspirations. And it doesn't go well. This is the kind of move that we've seen the Minnesota Oilers and the Oilers make. And maybe to a lesser extent, Minnesota. But these are two teams that were like, we, we, you know, the Oilers were like, it's Stanley Cup or bust, basically. And Minnesota was like, we should absolutely be making the playoffs. We, we have to go on a run. As delusional as that was, that's what they thought. Kind of silly, yeah. Now, the Blues this season are 13, 14, and 1. Okay. You know, they're sixth in a, in a relatively weak division. Like, the Central is not... Yeah, it's Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, and everyone else. And I wouldn't even like Winnipeg's not a wagon. Like, well, they, now Winnipeg's doing, without Kyle Connor. Yeah, like Winnipeg's doing doing well, but I wouldn't consider them a wagon. They're not Dal- a cup like, contender, but exactly, they're, they're, they're a playoff team. But like, other than that, I mean, that that's basically it. Um, they're twenty fifth in the league in in goals for, so they're not scoring. Is that bad? That's really bad. Um, they're twenty second in goals against. So that's also really Oh, bad. that's not good. Yeah. Nope. They're, so they're in the bottom fifth. So they're basically. the anti-Oilers. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, no, they're just they're, anti, they're just bad at both things. Like That's what I mean. The Oilers are good at both things. They're the anti-Oilers. The Oilers are good. Well, they're good. The Oilers are good at scoring. They're bad at stopping Expected pucks. goals. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Um, so they're, uh, they have a minus 14 goal differential, a below average pa- uh, penalty kill. They're, the, 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 the average this season for penalty kill is 80 on the dot. Like 80. That's not zero. good. And they are 78 point something. Um, so that's bad. Yeah. Uh, their team save percentage combined. Now, Bennington's at a 907. So like that's not horrendous. Not horrendous. Like I was expecting and I didn't even include him on the bad contracts here. Oh, but he is. He is. But I didn't include him because he was like he because he has a positive goal saved above average. Like he, you know, he has a Congratulations, Jordan. And he hasn't. And he hasn't anyone lost up? his freaking or no. He, no, he doesn't beat people up. He hasn't threatened to beat anyone up. Right, he just is a child. He hasn't acted like a baby. He's yet like this if year. Draymond Green didn't follow through. That's basically who he is. Um, Which, by the way, what the hell, man? I know, I know. I sometimes I wish we had an NBA podcast just because the stuff is crazy. But the thing I, I left this stat out in the prep because I wanted to surprise Rachel, 
is that what what the Saint we talked we spent an entire episode basically last week talking about how the Pittsburgh Penguins how we can fix the Penguins power play how that was their biggest problem and they've scored four power play goals since Jeff we, Carter broke their like power play and drought. then Gensel's got two yeah, Sid's got one exactly but we were talking about how the Penguins had like the worst that was at twelve right they were rocking a twelve percent power play and it was like, not cute oh, the sky is falling it's terrible I want you. I, I want to now tell you what the Blues power play is this season. Oh, because dear. no one's talking about it. Well, probably because they don't have five Hall of Famers or four Hall yeah, of Famers on it. But and also, I want to say that according to Sport Logic, I believe the Blues are fifth in zone time on the power play. Oh, so they're just passing the puck around. Do you want to know what what their what what their power play percentage is? Can I guess? Sure. Eight. You are correct. What? They are eight percent on the power play this year. Guys, I was eight percent. I thought, I, okay, I. You know when I do these things, and I'm like, I'm gonna go artificially low, just like, just for the bit. Yeah, you that were, was what I was doing. You there. nailed it. They're like eight point six seven or something. Yeah, like it is. They're eight percent. Bad. Bad it for is, the group. That is like I don't know how that's Switch not. It up. I don't understand how that's like how that's not front page news every day how we're not like how are the blues if your power play is less than 15 percent, jail if your power play is in single digits yeah and we're and we're like two weeks out from christmas it's not good that's pretty bad man like that's that pretty bad that's horrible um especially with the talent like they've got jordan Cairo, robert, robert thomas, thomas justin falk yeah. uh tory krug if i'm not mistaken yes. well speaking of those players oh dear Where so so here's the thing I want to like like this. This is yet another example. And look, Brube wasn't a perfect coach, um, but this is yet another example. No, but I thought he was a decent coach. He was fine. Yeah, um, he's a middle of the pack coach. Yeah, yeah. And look, he won a Stanley Cup. He was exactly what they needed at the time. Maybe not anymore. But all the players seem to still like him. Like I, they. I don't think that you know how you can tell when a coach has like lost the room. Absolutely. I don't think that no, he yeah, lost and, the room. And the Similar players, to Edmonton or, and Minnesota, actually. Yes. I don't think he lost the room. The players were saying the exact same thing. I was. I read uh, Jeremy Rutherford's piece uh, from the Athletic this morning, um, just talking about like why he was fired and like he was like I talked with Tori Krug like for a long time after morning skate and or after practice or morning skate. He was just like, yeah, you know, we. He's like, I didn't even, this was like a day or two before the firing and Rutherford brought up the possibility. He's like, I didn't even know that was, that was in the conversation. Like Tory Krug, he's like, uh, for, as far as I know, he's our coach. Like, I didn't even think that was, we, we definitely haven't like given up on him. Like this is, and then a game later it's gone. Um, this is yet another example of a coach paying the price for the sins of the GM. Um, Once again, listen, Doug Armstrong, he built a Stanley cup winner. Cool. He's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. In the past, but everyone's got an expiration date. And I think Doug Armstrong. Okay. Like I'll give you an example. Remember when the Leafs were rumored to be getting him? I do remember that. Listen, I, I'll give you an example. Like the other day, mm -hmm. making some craft dinner for myself. What type of craft dinner? Just the regular craft dinner. Boo. No, I made, I made a PC white cheddar for myself last night. That's the best one. Incorrect. What's sharp cheddar. I like it more just like I like sharp cheddar on its own, but I like the just normal craft dinner. I put some hot sauce on there. We're good to go. Hot sauce is good. Yeah. Um, but I was making craft dinner and you know, you put butter in there and then you put some milk. You go into my fridge and there's a thing of milk there. And I look at the expiration date. Oh no. This was 
like two days ago. So December 12th. 12th. I look at the thing and it says December 10th. Okay. So I sniff it. Passes the sniff test. I okay. go fine. So it works and everything was fine. Yesterday, I was nah. gonna, I was gonna go make some some white cheddar. And I go and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that milk will still still be good. Absolutely. I go, I sniff it. It it had gone bad. It, it took two days for that thing to go to go from acceptable, pa- definitely passable to like throw this out right now like to to, it went from acceptable acceptable to you know that smell you're smelling this is it like that kind of thing oh boy that is exact that is basically what this this season is the two days for me making the craft dinner this is doug armstrong has last season i think he was he was you know his expiration date was december 10th and last season was december 12th and he could just get through it this this, it's december December 14th 14th. it's yeah and so the long-term deals on on the Blues are killing them. Are they? They are killing this team, and I want to I want to break them down, and then obviously get your thoughts on them. I'm gonna pull up while you while yes. you read off those. Okay. I'm gonna run my models so I can get what their player values sure. are. Go for this it. season. So, the first one here is Brandon Sod. He is all, all of these players, by the way, that I'm mentioning, except for the last one, are. Over 30, I think only other than Pareko, they're all 32 or above. Oh, dear. Yes. So Brandon Saad, he's got three years left on his current deal, including this one. All of them, all these years, excuse me, all these years left um, that I'm going to say, they're all including this season because we still have like 60% of the season to go. Um, Three years left at $4.5 million per year. So $4.5 million AAV. It's bad. Um, he has 12 points in 28 games this year. So it's below half a point per game. Okay. Tori Krug um, is, I believe, 31 or 32. He has four years left at $6.5 million. He has 12 points in 28 games. So, mm-hmm. the, so he's a defenseman, same as Brandon Saad. And with the defenseman I want to put out here, he has a 48.08 expected goals. Dear, percentage expected not goals. good. This season. Okay. So four years left, 6.5. Justin Falk also has four years left at 6.5. I believe he's 32. He has zero goals this year. Not ideal. So none. 12 assists. So 12 points again in 28 games. He's got a 47.47% expected goals on the year. Uh, This is, uh, do they have a player with a positive? Like, do they have a defenseman with a positive expected goals? For I don't think so, because I'm going to list basically their entire blue line. The next one is Colton Pareko. Yep. He is 30 on the dot. Okay. So he's only just on the decline. Um, he has seven years left on his deal. Seven years left at 6.5 mil. He has nine points in 28 games this Oof. year. So keep in mind, offense is not his thing, right? Like. Colton Breco, he fell off a cliff offensively and he just decided to be, I am a stay-at-home defenseman, defensive stalwart. He's got a 44.65% hey, expected goals whoa. on the season. Next one is Nick Letty, who they gave up assets for and then for some reason re-signed. It's he, not a great choice. Um, he has three years left at four mil. Oh my God, what? Yes. He's even older. I think he's 32 or 33. How many of these players have um, no trade clauses? Oh dear. Oh no. Um, Nick Letty, has three years left to four mil. He's got nine points in 28 games and a 44.67% expected goals. You have not named a single player with a positive expected goals for yet. And I'm going to list another one here, and this might be somewhat controversial. Okay. Is that Jordan Cairo. He's 25. 
Yes. But he has eight years left, including this one, at 8.125. He has five goals this year. That's it? That's it. He's only got five goals and 17 points this year in 28 games and a 49.5% expected goals percentage. These are all players. The minimum is that they have three years left. Most of these have four have four to seven. They are all, except for Cairo, 30 or over. All of them, except for Pareko, are 32 and over. Ugh. They all make at least at least four mil. Most of them make 6.5. And let's get to this. Six of those six contracts on their roster mm-hmm. have full no trade clauses. Full? Like, like no modified nothing. Six have full no trade, and another four have modified no trade. Jesus. They have ten Christ. of their of the twenty-three players on their active roster. Might be even less. I'm not sure about cap stuff, but let's a roster is twenty-three players. Ten of them have some form of trade protection. And every single one of them, except for uh I loathe that contract situation every entirely. Single one of them except for one, which I believe is Kairu, it might be someone else, is over 30. Every single one of those players, yeah. all, all 10, so nine of those 10 players who have either a modified, all six who have full no trades are, are over 30. And three of the other four who have modifieds, they're over 30. Okay, so by my model, Pavel Bushnevich has been st louis's best player which well, of course tracks and he is and he is the he actually is the one below 30 who, who has a modified no trade i'll allow That's it. it you can you can that is fine it is not entirely fantastic when oscar sunquist is the second best player on your team by my model on the team on the team not great wow followed by Braden shen robert thomas Jake Neighbors, and then Jordan Cairo. Which shout out Jake Neighbors. He actually yeah, he's killing it. Good for yeah, him, man. Good for him. Um, yeah. Here's the other issue um, that they're having. By my model, their best defenseman is Marco Scandella. That's a now, problem. I didn't include him because he's a UFA after this year, but he is also making three points. I believe seven two five. Mm-hmm. And he is 34, I believe. Dear Lord. Well, it is not ideal when you have Justin Falk, Tori Krug, uh, Nick Letty, Colton Pareko on your blue line, and Marco Scandella is the best one you've got. It's not great. The amount of term and money committed to older players. And did they not just wave Jakob Verona? They, ju- they just waved Jakob Verona. Now, to be fair, Verona was, is having a nightmare season. Yeah. Like he is not. Oh, he, and, and the Blues aren't? The Blues are for sure, but he is having a nightmare season and they tried to trade him. Okay. And no one would take him. The other guy that was on waivers yesterday was Zach, Jakob Zaboral. Yeah. Um, I, there were a few teams I think should probably take a chance on him. I. It's a shame that Zaboral will always have the stigma of, of the draft, of being like the guy picked in the middle between like Kyle Connor. Matt Barzell, Thomas Shabbat, like all those guys. Imagine if the Bruins had, had had drafted those guys. Imagine if they had drafted Barzell, Connor, and Shillington, which is the Reese Jessup tweet. Yeah. Even if they didn't like, imagine if they did Barzell, Connor, and Shabbat. Like, imagine if they did Barzell, Connor, and DeBrusque. Well, yeah. 
if it, if Zaboral clears, we don't know yet, but if Zaboral clears, like he will be this, there will only be one left. And it's Jake DeBrus, who also has a history of a formal trade request. So that didn't work out great. At least, at least though, he's having like the pet, like he's having a first round pick career. He's having like, a tough year this year, though. Right. But yeah. at least, like, okay, he's having a successful NHL career. Career, yeah. The same cannot be said for Zach Sinitian and Yakov. Yeah. Well, Sinitian is like, I don't even know where I'm he is. I'm pretty now. sure he's in Russia. Yeah. Um, um, but back, like, back to the Blues. That is like when inevitably Doug Armstrong gets let go, and it will happen. Well, Blues owners are very much like, hands off, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not involved at all. But a cer- at a certain point, you'll They're look very at much the like team. the Nashville owners. Yeah, but but like if I was a if I was a billionaire even like uh, and at a certain point I look at one of my investments and it's f- failing to make the playoffs and I'm paying like you know a combined like 30 40 million dollars a year to like a bunch of geezers. I'm like, geezers. Like well these are all in yeah. hockey terms they're all over 30 so they're all old. Like they're all they're all baby boomers at this point basically. Um uh like I would be going, "Hey, what's going on here?" And hey I would, fella i maybe switch something up when this inevitably this reminds me a lot of like the san jose shark situation that like mike greer took over for oh man with, yeah like, doug wilson another doug doug's just love giving out long-term contracts and um but like if they like what inevitably when when armstrong gets replaced the gm that comes in next is going to have a like a, a hell of a job cleaning this up i honestly i don't even know how, like when you bring in somebody else can you even do anything for the next like Tory Krug up four years left sods three Falks four Letty's three I think Kairu's obviously salvageable he's just having a down yeah. year but like for the next four years you can't really do much like so I think honestly like you just you tank the next couple years Right. Mm-hmm. And then you, you don't like, have to try too hard to tank either. You're already <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like tank, but like you, Doug Armstrong is you're, you. What you do is you're not allowed. Doug Armstrong is not allowed to sign a contract without approval first. Why don't you just let him go? Yeah. Like it, 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 it's gotten to the point where like in any workplace where if you have to like put that much oversight onto someone, yeah, you just let him go. Then and then like, like you, you, you already with the knowledge know that you're not going to be good for the next three years. So that yeah. the clock doesn't start ticking on your new GM until like four years from now kind of thing. I mean, unless they find a way to move all these contracts, but like that would be Harry Potter stuff. They right almost there. got rid of Tory Krug in the off season. Remember? Yeah, Travis Sanheim's having a good year. And Travis Sanheim is looking like a legit top pairing defenseman. Like, who knows with that? But they, but like, this is why that the incessant trade protection, the addiction to trade protection, is killing this team. They almost got out of one of the worst contracts on this list and improved their roster. That's where I think David Poyle actually deserves a ton of credit. Is he doesn't hand out no trade clauses? He gave he gave them to Yossi and to Forsberg. That's and like, okay. Yeah. Like he didn't even give it to he didn't even give it to Rene, did he? No. Man. Like that's I I get it, but like at the same time. No, but we were I talking about stupid. this. There are we were talking about this before. Um, like and we've talked about it many times. Where like there should you should have like maybe one or two players on your roster that have no trade clauses. Top line player? Top Pair defenseman, that's it. Or even starting goalie. And starting goalie, yeah. yeah. But like, but like top echelon starting goalie. 
Yeah, like there's ten goalies in the league. Like there were I think, Soros, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, Shosturkin, Demko, uh, Joseph Wall. No, uh, but yeah, like that's pretty much it. Uh, Ottinger, Hellebuck, seven. Did you say Vasilevsky? Yes. Yes. Okay. Seven. Yeah, like that should be it in the NBA. And I know the rosters are smaller, but in the NBA, there are, I think, two or three players that have no trade clauses. I think one of them is LeBron James. Shocking. The other was Bradley Beal for some reason. Steph Curry has one. And I believe it's the other one is Steph Curry. That's it. Like you like we need to go back to. And I guess like this is sort of uh, uh, like this is the one way the players could can grab control for themselves. Right. There's no trade clauses, but we need to be able to. But like we need to we need to get back into the situation where these are like luxury items reserved for the elite. We need, we need to eliminate. Yeah, like, why are we handing out? We need to. Why el- does Blake Coleman have a no trade clause? Why does Travis Hamanick have a no trade clause? We need to. We need to eradicate the middle class of no trade clauses. We need to get rid of it. We need only for the elite, the one percent. Yeah, like it's it's honestly like you look at it and it just it hamstrings your ability to make your team better. And honestly, hey man, like if if every GM just said we're not handing out no trade clauses then there wouldn't be any. But yeah. they just can't help themselves. And it has sunk this team. Like, we yeah. saw it in action. They had a trade planned to actively improve their roster. Get rid of a contract that is am- among the worst in the league. Yep. Like a contract that is bringing them down like crazy. And on top of that, add a guy who is now producing, like, a top pair defenseman. So to improve themselves... And it was shot down because of the trade protection they gave him. Now it's totally Tory Krug's right to do that. Yeah, I don't have an issue with Tory Krug. My issue, issue is that Doug Armstrong gave out that deal. Exactly. Stop so, doing that. So that, like, that is we've already seen it in action, holding your team back, and it hasn't even gotten to like really the the worst part of it yet. Like it's it is it's nuts, it's crazy. Yeah, that's the Blues are are completely broken. Um, they do have some prospects coming but at the same time it's like that's that's tough because like jordan bennington's contract doesn't look horrendous this year but it's a bad contract like yeah oh like, yeah, like, yeah make no mistake make about no it that's mistake. a bad contract it is a bad contract like like he's doing the blues have more bad contracts than good contracts right now you know that it's a that it's a bad contract when the six million dollar goaltender is posting a 907 and we're going oh that's actually not that bad that's that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, that's not great. Um, Rachel, in between last episode, did you know that I went to school and I got my certification to be a pharmacist? Did you know this? No. Yeah. So because I I did that just so I could go onto this podcast, have uh, and have Hab fans, Habs fans step into my office so I could prescribe them sixty milligrams of copium every day, daily dose. Make sure to take it with food or else you'll get dizzy and potentially nauseous. Um, it will decrease your sex drive. So be careful. Um, it's like those medical commercials that are like 10 we'll, seconds we'll of like what it'll drive. help you with and like 20 seconds of the side effects could cause death. Uh, could, could okay. Cause thoughts. <laughs> might cause internal combustion. Like, you, know, all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. you might spontaneously um, combust. <laughs> so I have never in my life seen a player like, and, and this really is, a, a, and I don't want to be, like derogatory because fans are trying to just claw any positivity 
mm-hmm. for this player. Um, but I've never seen a player be treated with the copium that Uri Slavkovsky is being treated so, with. So, like, I was having this conversation with Mark Dumont last night. Yeah. And he was like, it's only Leafs fans. And then I went back and looked it and I'm not. like, no, it, it is isn't. Not. Mark, I love you. It but is not. No. Yeah, I went back and looked, Mark, and this, this you are wrong on. Um, here's the thing. It was a bad pick when it was made. It's a bad pick now. And it's only going to get worse. <laughs> and, and like, I'm sorry, but a first overall pick should have more than seven points in his second season. Do you know that Austin Matthews scored 80% of Uri Slavkovsky's career goal total in his first game? <laughs> okay, that's funny. It's also true. <laughs> right, and we knew, like, last year's draft wasn't fantastic. Like, we knew that. But... What do you mean last year's? Like the like it didn't have a Matthews a McDavid well, in it. Bedard last year. No, no, no. That was this oh, year's draft. I didn't know that we were still considering it this year. Okay. Last What so, year is it, Michael? It's 2023. Yeah. When was Connor Bedard drafted? Well, okay. So <laughs> if you would ask me this question in 16 days, that it'll be last year's draft. Be, then it would be okay. So we'll wait let's wait two two weeks and then I'll be correct. No, but like you're right. It didn't have it didn't have the kingmaker, but it had a lot of really good players up top. Logan Cooley's doing pretty good. Logan Cooley looks pretty good. You know, like, uh, 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 dude, there are a lot of players who are in the NHL, right? Zach Benson, like, you know, like all that uh, kind of stuff. Zach Benson was this year. Oh, man, that's even more impressive. I mean, like, even like Matthew Patra. Like, Matty Patra. You know, like stuff like that. Like, Man, I had to there. sit there and listen to a scout tell me that Matty Patra wasn't going to make the NHL. Oh, friggin' Fraser Minton played, played NHL games this year. You know, like stuff like that. Um, Slavkovsky. Kevin Korchinski. Yeah, Kevin Korchinski's a regular NHLer on on the uh, the Blackhawks, dude. Like Logan Cooley's killing it. Shane, like even Shane Wright, like they're at least they're being patient with him now. Simo Nemec has looked pretty good. Yeah, David Juracek uh, has looked really good. Yeah, like, all that kind of stuff. Denton Matejchuk has a point in every single game he's played this year. Did you know that? What? That's incredible. Was <laughs> he not the? He's the Columbus Blue Jackets' second pick of that. He was twelfth. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say like was was he not the he, did he not win an award last year? But no, that was a different player. Um, um, but yeah, so there. Here's the thing: is like you're grasping at straws. Like I, if he well, does something incredible, like the shootout goal he scored, was great, was fantastic. You could celebrate that. Absolutely. Why am I seeing people celebrate him winning okay. a board battle? Okay. So here, so I don't like again. I don't want to call out people, but I have to. I have to read Aaron Ward's tweet. Like verbatim. Don't. Shout out Aaron Ward. Oh. Listen, no, like, no, all due respect. I loved watching you on the panel. All absolutely due respect. And I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to help and appease a fan base here and, and also like flex some statistical knowledge. I love it. I love it. I get it. But <laughs> Aaron Ward yesterday, Canadians fans and, uh, and TSN 690 daily conversation. Why Slavkowski has been noticeably better in the last five game segment. Um, f- at five on five, the optics are definitely being supported by the numbers. Definitely. Um, did you know that, that Yaroslav Klosky is second in velocity skated max? What is that? Behind only also guy who's doing so great this season, Josh Anderson. So that's a great, you know, sort of a, I would say demarcation of success. (laughs) Oh dear God. And then he's also first in maximum velocity with possession his also Slavkowski's recent dis, distance skated with possession above threshold uh, at which is 18 miles per hour has more than doubled. 
On top of that, Slaff has driven two-thirds of the top line's total distance skated with possession above threshold, and its individual zone entries are even more efficient, up last up 7% from the season total, uh, or from the season level, against a lot of the top-pairing D they face. Yeah, so the thing about distance skated um, is that it's not an indicator of success. It means that he's having to work harder to accomplish less. So there's that. Do I need to pull up his stats? I mean, you can if you want. Should I run? I'm I'm going to do that because, like, I've had it. This is absurd. Um, like, man, like, I get it. I truly, I get it. You want this kid to be successful? That's fine. But just admit it was a bad pick. Like, what are we doing here? He has negative even strength offense, negative even strength defense, negative impact on the power play. Like, I I don't, I like, I, I don't get it. Like, last year, he was in the seventh percentile of players. This year, He's in the 12th. What, like... So on December 8th... What are we doing? Stop! Again... On, Just play him in the AHL and yes, let him develop. Like, come this on. How, how, how have we not done this yet? But, um... Uh, uh... Again, another great reporter. Eric Engels. Love Eric Engels. But he tweeted... I think it was Eric Engels. Tweeted on, uh... uh December 8th, I believe. That Yuri Slavkovsky has looked so much noticeably better in his last three games. You know, it's looked incredible. And I was like, hmm, let, I mean, let's see what those last three games were like. He's like, listen, he started off slow, but boy, Yuri Slavkovsky, just from the eyes, he looks so much better. He looks like an NHL player. Those three games included a game against a 4 nothing loss against the LA Kings, a 4-2 loss against, or 4-2 win against the Seattle Kraken, and a Detroit Red Wings uh, uh, 5-4 loss in overtime. Um, Slavkovsky went with zero goals, zero assists for zero points with one shot, zero goals, zero assists, zero points, zero plus minus, zero penalty minutes, one shot, and then zero goals, zero assists, zero points, minus one, zero penalty minutes, zero shots. So I go, really, he's turned his season around during that stretch. Like we are, we are just slight like the surgery that we are doing with numbers to try and get it to the point where, where they can praise your Slavkovsky. I have never seen. And I guess it's a testament to how nice of a guy that he is because. And don't get me wrong. Succeed. I want this kid to succeed. I do too. So it's but a, this is nonsense. We've never seen this before. So from another I had prospect. to check to make sure I wasn't crazy. So yes. I went on evolving. Hockey yeah. Because I just had to make sure I wasn't yeah. going nuts on Montreal this year. Your Slavkovsky is, uh, 18th among all skaters in games above replacement and has a negative 0.3 wins above replacement value. He is a negative value player, both offensively and defensively. What the fuck are you talking about? This is, this is the, this is nonsense. Dude, it's the, it, this is management's fault at this point. Like Sokoski, he can only do the kid's fault. Absolutely not the kid's fault. He can only do so much. But the fact that like you have, what is the point of installing the developmental pipeline? Because they like the Habs have gone 
They have Adam and, Nicholas there. But they've also like they went they they freak they moved their AHL team from I believe it was Hamilton to oh, Laval. To Laval, so it's in their backyard. They did the exact same thing basically the Leafs did with the Marlies. To Very make, smart. To make sure that like there is a there is both equal distance so it cuts down on travel and it cuts down on like alienation from the team but also so that all facets of the organization developmental facets can go under the same umbrella have the same long-term plan have the same approach be all on the same page be together so the coaches and the gms can watch each other's games like vice versa development all that great stuff they they got a new building like Laplace ba- uh, Bell, they did. You know, they they've invested a lot into it. What is the point of that? If you are not going to send your very clearly struggling first overall pick to the AHL when he's eligible for it, and just stick him there and be like, dude, cook. you're playing here for the just whole year. Cook down here. We'll give you 20 minutes a night. You're a big guy. Learn how to. Learn how to play against big players. Get your confidence back as a top-line guy who can put the puck in the net. The next year in training camp, have a great training camp, and we'll slot you right back into the top six. Why are they not doing that? It seems like it's the most logical thing possible, and yet they are not doing it. I don't get it. They did it to Cole Caulfield. Why are they not doing it to Slavkovsky? I They sent Cole Caulfield to the AHL. Yeah, so he's... Okay, at five on five, he's sixth in ex- individual expected goals created. On his team? On his team, but like, <laughs> like he's behind Caulfield, Anderson, Monahan, Suzuki, Gallagher. Dude, if you're behind Anderson in anything, like Josh Anderson is having one of the worst NHL seasons we've ever seen this year. Like, dude, what is going on? Like, what what is the hesitation? Does he is there a clause in his contract where it's like if you send me the HL, I'll just go back to Slovakia? Is there a Strohe Otani clause where if he gets sent to the HL, he voids his deal and he can just leave? Like, I here's the thing: is like, should you celebrate developmental steps? Yes, but at the same time, That's every not a developmental step, skating more, doing more cardio during a game is not, not a developmental development. step. And like, I'm seeing like. Hab's Twitter grasps there was a board play where he like made a pass on the boards and I was like that happens 30 times a game dude like what are we doing I've seen Ryan Reeves just do that. let this kid develop stop overanalyzing every single thing he does because one not helpful two you look ridiculous and, and he has seven fucking points and three you're setting him up for failure yeah, because you're heaping all these expectations on him. If he's here's the thing, there's a stat from my thesis. Okay. Like actually academically researched. Okay. First round picks. And I went and looked it up because of Joe Valeno and Michael Rasmussen, mm. who haven't been the stars that people usually think first round picks are. Yes. The reality of the situation is most first round picks make the NHL. But only eight players are considered above elite, like in the elite star threshold. Now, generally speaking, those players come in the top 10. Here's the thing, though. In a below average draft, such as the one last year, mm. you can have four elite players. I think we've kind of established that Logan Cooley is probably going to be one of them. Mm. Zach right? Benson is knocking on the door there. You he's know? not in that draft. I'm going to 
shoot you. Okay. <laughs> Logan Cooley might be the only one, quite frankly. Um, dude, but I think like Korchinski at one point can maybe get there. He looks awful this year. Yeah, but dude, he's playing on an island. Like he's like, got nobody. I, no, but like even when like there's other Chicago defensemen that don't look that bad. Like right. he's struggling, but he's also young. Right. Mm. Same thing. But you know what I'm not seeing? What? Chicago Blackhawks fans grasping at straws every single well, time like, he does something. Well, I mean, Kevin Korchinski, he skates 19 miles per hour when Mercury is in retrograde. So, I mean, like, look, that's this a- is the thing is just let stop. Because here's the thing is like Leaf fans are going to get on you, but fans of other organizations are going to get on you when you post crap like this because you look ridiculous. It's yeah. You look absolutely ridiculous when you do stuff like this. Connor Bedard, the goal Connor Bedard scored against Edmonton was disgusting. It's incredible. I saw that less on my timeline then, than I did Yuri Slavkovsky's shootout goal. Why? That it, well, it's uh, because fans are just like they're like we. You're need- grasping at straws. Yeah. Just let this kid develop. They need to send him to the AHL. He is so clearly not ready for the NHL. It's taken them a year and a half, a full season and a half, to realize this. Again, I go back to like, what is the point of investing so much time, money, resources, personnel, everything into into a developmental apparatus that's in your backyard if you're not going to use it when it matters the most? Right. Which is with your top overall picks. Like, and I say like they sent Cole Caulfield. Yeah, they sent Cole Caulfield down. Like and, I, that, and he wasn't nearly as bad, playing nearly as bad as your Slavkowski was. He was playing terribly because friggin' uh, Dom Ducharme uh, Ducharme was telling him to like you know block shots and stuff. Like it was nonsense. It was crazy. I just yeah, this like, makes no sense. The, also, like you're not trying to win right now. Yeah, who cares? Put him in the AHL. Are you gonna sell less tickets because your Slavkowski's not? No. You're the Montreal freaking Canadiens. Are people going to see Uriah Slikovsky? No. In, in the year of our Lord 2023? No. Then what is, there is no reason, none, zero, why he's not a Laval rocket right now. It's. This second. Right, and, and all your, like, there, the thing is, is like, oh, it's, it's mainly Leafs fans driving this. No! no! Leafs fans are not watching Uriah Slavkovsky and cutting tape and putting it on Twitter. But if you cut tape of Uriah Slavkovsky of a board battle or a shootout goal and say he's not a bust, yeah, we're going to clown on you because you look like an idiot. It's been driving me nuts. Absolutely nuts. You're like, like, well, you did it with Austin Matthews. He's won a heart and a rocket. Dude, Austin Matthews, he scored four goals in his first game. <laughs> he scored 80% of Yurasukoski's entire career total in goals. In, in his, one game. In, his, in, in two periods. Yeah. He didn't score a goal in that third period. Like, what do you mean you did it with Austin Matthews? He didn't do it with Austin. He, no. There's if, no coping necessary Matthews there. was incredible. And yet tailed off in the last like five games uh, after his first five games. And TSN hit us with a, has Austin Matthews hit a wall? Yeah. Where is the U.S. of Kosky hit a wall? He skated at 17 miles per hour above threshold today. Like also this threshold is the best. By the way, how like it has two qualifiers in it. It's distance skated with possession above threshold. Like, these are this is the kind these are the kind of moments that turn me into a boomer that turn me in like that make me. I'm gonna be the stats. I'm the resident stats yes, person on are. this podcast. I'm gonna tell you that almost every stat in NHL Edge is completely useless. 
this stop is stop using it. This it's is, completely useless. This is making me turn like like these are the kind of things I see on Twitter, and I'm like I'm 27 years old. I was I grew up during the Corsi Wars. I I'm I'm a big advanced stats guy. I I use it all the time. I use it all the time in my work. I use it all the time in just my how I identify players. Love it. And, and I, I am friends with a lot of advanced stats people. I'm literally host a podcast with someone who did analytics for multiple NHL teams, you know, and like has a degree in it, has a degree in it. And yet here we go. I look at these tweets and it makes me spontaneously want to grow a goatee, get freaking like Laker light and, and, uh, uh, get divorced. Like as, it, as somebody know, with an analytics, crazy. a full blown masters of analytics. Let me, let me be the one to tell you. I don't know why this that that stat is the most like those stats that you just named off are not only horrendous, they're completely useless and we need to stop using them. I don't know why this strikes such a chord with me, but like it's making me lose sight of who I am. It's like these 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 arguments on Twitter, they're making me lose sight of who I am because I'm looking in the mirror and I'm getting more boomery every day because of this. Just let the kid go to the AHL so Habs fans can focus on every great play that Caulfield and Suzuki and Jack Eye when he comes back. And Jack Eye when he comes back. Like they have everyone. no issues having Jaden Struble and Justin Barron in the minors. I don't get it. What is the point? I I, I, I seriously we're, we're going in I want here. this it's kid crazy. to succeed. I do too. So badly because it's Montreal and they heap so much pressure on this kid, right? I want him to succeed so badly. Dude, I bought him in the AHL. Your season doesn't matter even just from like a bias like personal perspective i want to succeed because i bumped into him a bunch in the in the bowels of the bell center uh you know during he's such a nice he's a kid nice, affable like humble lovely kid with a good family like his dad was so happy for him like you want him to succeed and and the the, the habs and all into an extent as well they're fans but i want to blame the fans for uh, the the decisions of the of management are setting them up to fail. Right, and and honestly, like if you're gonna post videos of him doing like skating above threshold, dude, you're asking to get and board on. battles. You are asking to be clowned on. You are. You're set. You're you're because up- the first overall pick from the 2023 draft is doing obscene things, and that is what we should be talking about. We needn't be focusing on. A kid with seven points. You do that stuff. You ba- you basically hold a basketball hoop above your head and say, "Dunk says, on me, please dunk." <laughs> like it's crazy. Um. Anyway. Anyway, that's our PSA. We reached in the podcast. Uh, donate to Jumpstart. Can entire Jumpstarts our charity of choice? We love them so much. Uh, it it allows uh kids from economically disadvantaged backgrounds to uh play team sports, which is extremely important to their development. Um both, you know, like neurologically, you know, psychologically, all that. It's great. Um, subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitch. We're going to be doing weekly uh, weekly streams. I'm in the middle of streaming the Batman Arkham series. You're streaming tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so tomorrow's Friday, I believe so. There we go. Um, so I'll be doing it tomorrow. Uh, like tomorrow night, we'll be streaming some Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, it be great. But, you know, just come on, hang out. We'll talk. We'll talk Batman. We'll talk movies. We'll talk whatever it'll be great talk hockey if you want to um mike's meals for one is on the youtube uh yeah it's pretty much it sounds good so i might just dress up as the grinch for the rest of the year just do it yeah um and yeah so on that note we will see you on monday uh have a great weekend